Okay. Alright, we'll see where we're going. Are we going to Hebrews? <clears throat> now the writer of Hebrews knew his audience. We we don't know who that audience was particularly, but they they um <clears throat> were <laughs> they were Jews and uh they were, of course, the first century, but we don't know particular. Like Paul wrote, you know, he says he wrote to the whoever it was, but we don't have that uh, here. Um, we don't know who they are, but they but they knew. And sometimes we get kind of lost in what uh, in what's going on when the scripture says something. We we sometimes we don't realize the backstory, and the backstory more times than not happened a long, long time ago. So, if you if you will turn to Numbers, uh, the thirteenth chapter, and we'll get there in a minute. But if you'll if you'll uh, listen to me, we'll bring you up to that particular time. Uh, Jacob, um, we we know. Uh, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And then uh, Jacob had 12 boys. He had 12 boys by four wives. And uh, they wound up in Egypt. Uh, Exodus tells us that they went down there as a family of 70. They went down there as a family of 70. And 430 years later, they came out a nation. They went down there as Jacob's family. They came out as the Israelites, the nation of Israel. Now, <clears throat> now, uh, they came out. Six. The scripture tells us there's six hundred thousand men. So six hundred thousand men, their wives, their children, and the scripture says a mixed multitude. And some people have put that number at about two million. So when you talk about wilderness wanderings and you're talking about moving from place to place and setting up tents and camps, hey, that's a big deal when you're moving two million people around. Well, you know this story. Went to Pharaoh, wouldn't let them go. The last plague was, was uh, <clears throat> the death angel instituted to pass over and they left Egypt. The high watermark for the Jews will always be crossing the Red Sea. And <clears throat> Moses was their central figure in all of this. Moses led them. That was his calling. He was over 40 years old when the Lord called him to do that. And so he, he took them out. They were just a few days across the Red Sea when they started grumbling. <laughs> they started fussing and grumbling and we don't have this and we don't have that. And <clears throat> the Lord gave them water from the rock. We, we, we missed the cucumbers and the leeks and the onions and the fish we had in, in, um, in Egypt. He gave them manna, which is frosted flakes, you know, <laughs> and they could grind them up and bake with them. 
And then he gave them quail. I don't know if y'all like quail, but I love quail, you know. And, uh, and they gave it, he gave them to them in abundance. In fact, they grumbled so much that they said that the, that the quail was three feet deep around. All they had to do was go pick it up. Jim, that might be why we don't have any quail today. But anyway, <laughs> but anyway, uh, they grumbled. They grumbled, they grumbled, they grumbled. Okay. They were a year at the foot of Mount Sinai where the Lord gave the Ten Commandments, where he told them how to build the tabernacle, where they collected the stuff and they built the tabernacle. And he said, I will lead you with a pillar of fire by day and a pillar of cloud, pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. And he said, I'll tell you when to move. They were there a year. And he told them to move. And they started on this journey. And they went to the wilderness of Paran. Now the goal was what? Get to the promised land. The land that God had told Abraham he would give it. Isaac he would give it. Jacob he would give it. He says, you're going to be people of the promised land. Of the promised land. So they went down to the wilderness of Paran. And let's pick that up in the first chapter of, of excuse me, the 13th chapter of, of Numbers. <clears throat> then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Send out for yourself men so that they may go spy out the land of Canaan. Listen to the next phrase. Which I am going to give to the sons of Israel. I want you to go spy out the land, but it's yours already. I'm going to give it to you. I'm going to give it to you. So verse 3, Moses sent them from the wilderness of Paran. Now skip, skip down with me to verse 25. And when they returned from spying out the land at the end of 40 days, they proceeded to come to Moses and Aaron and all the wilderness of the sons of Israel in the wilderness of Paran and at Kadesh. And they brought back word to them that all the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. If you look up to verse 23, they say that they carried a single cluster of grapes between them with a pole between two men. All right, verse 27. Thus they told us and said, We went to the land where you sent us, and it certainly flows with milk and honey, and this is its fruit. Nevertheless, the people who live in the land are strong, the cities are fortified, they're very large, and the Anic people live there, and it says the Canaanites live by the sea. He says, nevertheless. Verse 30, Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, we should by all men, all means, go up and possess it, for we will surely overcome it. Chapter 14, verse 2. 
all the sons of Israel grumbled against Moses and Aaron and the whole congregation and said to them, Would that we have died in Egypt or that we would have died in this wilderness. He says, verse 3, Why is the Lord bring us into the land to fall by the sword? Our wives and our little ones will become plunder. Would it not be better for us to return to Egypt? Verse 4, So they said to one another, Let us appoint a leader and return to Egypt. Remember verse 1? God says, I'm going to give it to you. I'm going to give you this land. Verse 6. Joshua the son of Nun and Caleb the son of somebody who had spied out the land tore their clothes and they prayed. Verse 9. Only do not rebel against the Lord and do not fear the people of the land for they will be our prey. Their protection has been removed from them and the Lord is with us to, to do not fear them. But with all the congregation and the stone with, excuse me, but all the congregation said to stone them with stones, then the glory of the Lord appeared in the tent of meeting to the sons of Israel. Skip down to verse 27 of the 14th chapter. How long shall I bear with you, you evil congregation who grumbled against me? I have heard the complaints of the sons of Israel, which they are against me. Verse 29. Your cup corpses will fall in the wilderness, even your numbered men, according to your complete number from 20 years old and upward, who have grumbled against me. Surely you shall not come into the land which I swore to settle you except Caleb and Joshua. Well, that's the backdrop for Hebrews 3. Let's go back to Hebrews 3 and let's look at the latter part of, of the chapter. So this is history that happened. The, the Israelites fell. Instead of an 11-day journey that they had from the wilderness of Paran into the promised land, it took them 40 years to get there. Instead of 11 years, it took them 40 years. We've talked about the two little words, trust and obey. Obey. That's all God wanted them to do. You know, we look in our own parenting. The only thing we want our children to do is obey us. We've got their best interest at heart. Obey us. Okay. Let's look at verse uh, the 13th chapter of, uh, excuse me, of the third chapter of Hebrews. Let's look at verse uh, 16. The middle part of that. Indeed, did not all those who come out of Egypt, led by Moses, and with whom he ang angered, he, excuse me, for with whom was he angry for 40 years? Was it not those who sinned whose bodies fell in the wilderness? And to whom did he swear that, that they would not enter his rest, but to those who were disobedient? So we see that they were not able to enter because of unbelief. Okay, that brings us to chapter 4. In our little town at home, 
we were we were about 90 miles north of New Orleans and we had a real good relationship our church did with the seminary and the seminary staff in New Orleans and we had we had great people that came from time to time to teach us and fill in for us and our little town didn't have any restaurants uh, we didn't have any hotels so they came to Velter's kitchen and more times than not <clears throat> more times than not Art had to give up his his room for the visited preacher and one of them that we had was Dr. Ray Robbins and Dr. Robbins was a fantastic guy he was humble and uh, I asked him one day I said Dr. Robbins where did you get your doctorate he said which one <laughs> but he was a great guy and we, we learned a lot from him but one of the things that he said and I remember this from 40 years ago he said words do not have meaning they have usage think about it words do not have meaning they have usage so I'm going to ask you a question or and then you respond to me what do you think when you hear the word rest sleep sleep a nap a nap peace rest stop what babette stay stay okay rest what do you mean when you say rest it can mean it can mean a lot of different things what do you say mike a lazy boy. Okay, that works. That works. Rest. It means different things to different people, and it means different things from generation to generation. Let me ask you this: What was a typical? You older ones now, you younger ones, but 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 when you were a boy, what did Sunday mean to you? Rest. Rest. Church? Anything else? Couldn't read the newspaper. Oh, yeah, you could read the newspaper. It put you to sleep. <laughs> but uh, Dad was in retailing, and uh, the store was open six days a week. He, he, it was a big day of rest to him. And, uh, and, and su Sunday. So rest. So the writer of the Hebrews says here, that the people of Israel because of their unbelief could not enter in to rest not enter into rest okay go with me if you will to Joshua uh, Genesis Exodus Leviticus Numbers Deuteronomy Joshua we were in Joshua for several weeks before and go to the 23rd uh, 22nd chapter now after these 40 years the Israelites roamed around uh, the Lord was leading him and he he told Moses he says you can't go I'm going to show you what you brought them to but you can't go and then they appointed Joshua 
to lead them on in. And they crossed Jordan at Jericho. And you remember the story of Jericho. Let's look at chapter 21, uh, verses 43 through 45. Joshua 21. So the Lord gave Israel all the land which he swore to give to their fathers. And they possessed it and lived in it. And the Lord gave them rest on every side according to all that he had sworn to their fathers. And no one of all their enemies stood before them. The Lord gave all their enemies into their hand. Not one of the good promises which the Lord had made to the house of Israel failed. All came to pass. All came to pass. He gave them rest on every side. Okay, let's go back to Hebrews 4. Therefore, first chapter, first verse. Therefore, let us fear if while the promise remains of entering his rest, anyone of you may seem to have come short of it. Therefore, because of what had happened in the past, they were unable to enter because of unbelief. Therefore, let us fear. What, what, does, what does that, what does let us fear in this context uh, conjure up to you? You know, is it afraid fear? Reverence. A reverential fear, you know. Um, I've often said, you know, I've seen, in my little short lifetime, I've seen men who were strong, and but when the sky got black and the wind started rolling, there was some fear. There was some fear. A reverential fear, a reverential awe, you know, Psalms and Proverbs both teach that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And we know that to be true. So he says here, therefore, let us fear. While a promise remains for entering his rest. Verse 2. For indeed we have had good news preached to us. Pastor Jim on Wednesday night is going through the life of Paul in Acts as we have gone through in, in, our, in this class. And he's brought up time and time again that, that, that Paul preached and he preached the good news to anybody that would listen. Uh, he preached. And we've had the gospel preached to us in many, many, many ways. Romans tells us that creation teaches the fear of the Lord and teaches 
what the gospel is. And so he says here, we've had the good news preached to us, just as they did also. We've often said that from the beginning of the book to the end of the book, the whole thing is, is the redemption of mankind. And God started it early. He, he instituted it early because he knew who we were, Adam and Eve. They sinned. He says, I've got to make a way for salvation to come. In a few months, we'll be um, talking about Christmas. His, the day that we, have celeb we celebrate his birth. You know, he came as a bra a baby, but it wasn't long till he hung on an old, old, old rugged cross for us, for our salvation. And we'll see this mirrored through Hebrews. He was better than the angels, you know. He was better than Moses. Uh, we're talking about now. Uh, He's being our high priest, and we're really going to pick that up the latter part of this chapter and going forward about Jesus being our high priest. Okay, back to verse 2. For indeed we have had good news preached to us, just as they also, but the word they heard did not profit them, because it was not united by faith in those who heard it. Last week we reached back and we got a verse from Hebrews chapter 11. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. Faith. Faith. We just have to trust. Come back to trust and obey. Trust and obey. He says here, he says, just but the word they heard did not profit them because it was not united in faith in those who heard. There's been a new survey come out by the Pew Research. And it's, it's, it's long. I downloaded it, but it's, it's mind-boggling, the stuff they ask. And, of course, uh, surveys are skewed to their own thing because they want you to answer yes or no and I want to say other <laughs> there's something else here but we are living in a time when this book to most people means less and less and less we talk about our children and especially our college age kids when they go off to school all of a sudden they get real smart and sometimes they leave this book behind they leave off what has been taught to them before and a lot of times we come back to the fact they don't know the Lord now the flip side of that's true too we have kids go to school that get on fire for God through a lot of different things campus crusade and on and on we could go in their own local church maybe there but, but we need to be careful that we obey and that we believe in faith 
what we've been taught and what we know. Okay, turn to Psalms 95. It's in the middle of your book. Psalms 95. It's a little short psalm. Pat, would you read that for us? Come, let us sing for joy to the Lord. Let us shout aloud to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before him with thanksgiving and extol him with music and song. For the Lord is the great God, the great King above all gods. In his hands are the depths of the earth, and the mountain peaks belong to him. The sea is his, for he made it, and his hands formed the dry land. Come, let us bow down in worship. Let us kneel before the Lord our Maker. For He is our God, and we are the people of His pasture, the flock under His care. Today, if you hear His voice, do not harden your hearts as you did at Meredith, as you did that day at Massa in the desert, where the fathers tested and tried me, though they had seen what I did. For Forty years I was angry with that generation. I said, They are a people whose hearts go astray, and they have not known my ways. So I declared an oath in my anger, they shall never enter my rest. Okay. The writer of Hebrews, in verse 3, starts quoting the 95th Psalm. And this is what we have here, verse 3. For he who believed entered that rest, just as he said, as Pat has read, as I swore my wrath, they did not enter my rest. Although the works were finished from the foundation of the world. Although his works were finished from the foundation of the world. Verse 4. For he had said somewhere concerning the seventh day, God rested on the seventh day from all his works. And again in the passage, they shall not enter my rest. Therefore, because of what you've heard, because of what we've talked about, therefore, since it remains for some to enter it, and those who formerly had good news preached to them failed to enter because of disobedience. He again fixes a certain day. Today. Saying through David. After so long a time. Just as it has said before. Today. If you hear his voice. Do not harden your hearts. For if Joseph. Had given them rest. He would not have spoken. Of another day after that. So there remains. A Sabbath rest for the people of God. There remains a Sabbath rest for the people of God. We learn a lot, sometimes wrongly, <laughs> we learn a lot about our faith through the songs we sing. I've often said, I don't remember many sermons but I remember a lot of songs 
you know, that have come. One spiritual that we sing, you know, take your burdens to the Lord and leave them there. I love that song. Leave them there, leave them there, leave them there. Take your burdens to the Lord and leave them there. And when you do, what do you get? Rest. But what do we do? We pick them up and take them back home with us, right? We don't leave them there. Go to Matthew, the 11th chapter. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. Well, it's the first one. Matthew. Matthew chapter 11. Verses 28. It helped me to get to Matthew. I was in Luke. If your Bible's like mine, it's in red. Matthew eleven twenty-eight. Come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. We call our earthly dads different names, you know. Dad, Daddy, Papa, whatever you happen to call your dad, you know. And as a youngster growing up, there's no safer place than to be by Daddy. Is that true? You know, we talked last week about eternal security, and we talked about that we hold our children's hand it's not the other way around <coughs> there's a safe place to be my daddy Jesus is our big brother God the father is our daddy Abba father if he is our father and Jesus is our big brother we can always find rest by him. A couple of weeks ago we talked about falling back in the arms <coughs> of Jesus. We strut and strain and get so uptight about things. It's where we are. It's what we do in the times that we lived. If we could just come back in faith Believing and rest and rest in the arms of our Lord and by the side of our big, big brother. Rest. It's a beautiful thing. You know, it's, uh, it's where we are. We get uptight sometimes and if we can get by ourselves and 
the scripture takings talks to us and we're going to maybe mention them a little bit about no we're not I'm running out of time but anyway rest do you understand what they were trying to say that they didn't have rest because they didn't believe they didn't have faith in what was going on we need to trust and we need to have faith in Jesus finished work on Calvary and we just trust him for the future take your burdens to him and leave them with him don't take them back home with you leave them with you leave them with him anything else we'll pick up there next week Father, we thank you for who you are and we thank you for loving us and we thank you for being with us. And Father, it's a, such a simple concept, but why do we have such struggles with it to just simply rest in the arms of the Lord? Thank you for salvation we have. Thank you for the promises the Word contains. And bless us. Bless us as we go from this place. Be with every prayer prayed every song sung everything that's uttered be with pastor jim as he preaches and we'll be careful to praise you for it all in jesus name we ask it amen